Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such a special place to live, work, and play. Listen, I am honored to have the opportunity to, to talk to so many different people who are making tremendous contributions to coastal Mississippi. I, I think about people in the nonprofit sector, people in the private sector who are committing so much of their energy and volunteerism to helping fill gaps in this community in so many different ways. It's one of the reasons why our community is so resilient. You know, I think about the chambers and the work that they do in their respective communities. And if you're a regular listener to Coastal, you know that the chambers, the way I talk about them today, it's not your father's chamber anymore. They're involved in community building. They're involved in economic development projects. They're they're really just, they're really, as I often say this about so many public servants in this community, they're jacks of all trade. They do the typical role of the, of the, of the chambers. They're really focused on the business community and helping represent businesses small and large, but they're they're really focused on uh, on helping build better communities. I I, uh, I have over a, a long series of shows talked about the Gulf Coast Business Council. I was uh, I was fortunate to be one of the founding board members of the Business Council. Something we really felt we needed after Hurricane Katrina. There had been other organizations that were sort of regionally focused. But that were more like dinners and or lunches. You know, they weren't really focused on. There were a lot of camaraderie. Don't get me wrong, and a lot of networking took place, but they were not really focused on understanding the potential of, of coastal Mississippi. And one of the things that that Katrina did for us is it gave us a vast understanding of what it takes to be competitive. And we were in a very uncompetitive situation coming out of Katrina. So we had we had to dream big. We had to build infrastructure. We had to talk about leadership in ways we've not done before. Uh, Haley's book, The America's Great Storm, captured all that in such a superb way. But it was uh, it was unlike anything any of us had ever seen before, the way we came together to rebuild this community and give us an opportunity to succeed. We felt the Business Council was important because it represented not only the large businesses of coastal Mississippi and gave their CEOs an outlet to think regionally, but also any business that wanted to be a member of the Business Council. And I would say the Business Council has done a terrific job of understanding where the opportunities are going to be in the future. We talk a lot about the new economy here and the opportunities to build the kind of communities that people want to come to. Um, we've got an engaged business community now. And the chambers have their roles and other organizations have their roles. But the Business Council has this role more on sort of a regional standpoint, representing the state and the legislature in some very important ways, uh, and state leaders uh, included. Um, you've heard my conversations with Ashley Edwards, the former president and CEO. We've had so many great conversations about the unbelievable potential of this great community. When Ashley decided to move into the private sector, I was proud of him. I think he deserves to have private sector uh, success now. Uh, it opened up an opportunity for someone to come into this role to, to, to be a new 
and invigorated, innovative leader for Coastal Mississippi. And when it was announced that Jamie Miller, my old friend Jamie Miller, I got to know him after Hurricane Katrina. He actually came over and did some work with us after after the oil spill when I led the oil recovery planning efforts for Governor Riley in Alabama. And then, uh, you know, we, we know him from his time at, at the Bureau of Marine Resources. He more, more recently was at the MDA. I am pleased to have the new president and CEO of the Business Council, Jamie Miller, with me for the whole show today. Jamie, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Ricky. Uh, good to be back on the coast full time now. Yeah, no, well, look, man, we're going we're gonna to tell your whole story. But, you know, you and I chatted just a little bit. You know, the time we spent together after Katrina, the time we spent together over in Alabama uh, was was important time for you. You you worked with uh, you worked with uh, a congressman, Stephen Palazzo's office. You had multiple roles there your time at the MDA. But, you know, I say it on the show all the time that, that the sum total of your experiences, if you're smart about it and you take advantage of these opportunities, kind of set the stage for the next step in your life. And all of these things that you did, they laid a great foundation for you to come back into the this role and help the business council continue to keep raise the bar, continue to fight the status quo, continue to make sure complacency is not something that we talk much about other than the fact that we don't put up with it. Uh, you're in a place now where you can really make a difference, aren't you? Yeah, I believe I am. And that, frankly, as I went through, uh, started to consider the the opportunity to come back into this role, uh, it was really conversations with the executive committee and other members in the community that, that convinced me once again that uh, so much of the good work that goes on in other parts of the state is, is really driven locally by by business and community and civic-minded people. Uh, and and there's no doubt the Business Council gives me that opportunity. And so uh, it just, as I continue to think about uh, the opportunity and coming back to the coast, it just got me really uh, excited and fired up about it. So, yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting, one of the things we talked about early on, and and this is so pleased, so pleased so many years later that it's still the case, one of the challenges I think always has been to when you have an organization like this, not letting it get stale. I mean, you get you, the way you keep it not you keep it from from getting stale is you keep focus on strategic planning and opportunities in the future and making keeping coastal Mississippi competitive. But what we talked about was CEO involvement has to always be the, the thing that rules the day. You, you, we don't want. We, certainly others can be involved as well, but when you have the top person, whether it's a privately owned business, whether it's a public company, it doesn't matter. Having the CEO involved because they bring resources, they bring incredible knowledge, they bring experience, um, it makes a big difference. When you look at the compact, excuse me, the, 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 the makeup of the board today, it's a dream team of CEOs from across the coast uh, you that's got I mean, you coming in hitting on all cylinders, given the people who are already engaged around the business council's effort that had to have been a big selling piece for you. It was. I mean, it frankly, it was a little intimidating. I mean, I had been in rooms with those uh, those folks and uh, worked with them for, you know, uh, many years on different projects. But to uh, to be this close to work directly with them on, on aligned agendas, uh, it was the exciting part about it. But also, you know, it's uh uh, these, you know, men and women who, you know, lead places like Ingalls and Hancock Whitney and, and, and Yates, and, and there are many of them, 
you know, they've had tremendous success and they've given back tremendously to the community and, and the bar is very high for them. Uh, and I know that the expectations are high for them uh, and I want to meet those expectations. Uh, but it, it, leveraging what they've already done on the coast and their investment, which to me is the huge opportunity to leverage the work and the commitment that they have uh, is where we're going to see our greatest successes. And not just not just them, but but uh, there are many others uh, on the coast that have done great things and are still committed to seeing the coast grow. So th those are the things that get me excited about the opportunity I have is that it's you know, it's not about me. I mean, I'm I'm. Uh, Probably 15 years ago, it was about me and building a career and trying to be in all the right places. But but this time, it feels more about what we can do together and, and uh, kind of, you know, the old phrase, kind of linking arms together and, and, and moving forward. So, Well, you know, that's, uh, that's part. And you're right. I mean, when we're young in our career, we're really focused on where the next experience, the next opportunity is going to come. And then we make some kind of transition along the way where you start to say, okay, now this is what a maturing leader looks like. This is this opportunity now to take this, all this experience that I've gained and be able to give it back to the community in a way that I don't care who gets the credit. We're just trying to build a, you know, a better, stronger region here in coastal Mississippi. Hey, let's take a step back for just a second. Um, I, your wife, Kelly, and you've been together over 20 years you got three kids. Um, my quick research about your kids, incidentally, they're smart as hell and doing really good with their lives. Uh, why don't you kind of give us a, a feel for your family? Sure, I'd love to. Uh, it's a huge part of what makes me tick, obviously, and huge part of you know any success I've had. You, you've got to have a spouse that's willing to support you and uh, up time, you know, kind of good times and bad times. But uh, Kelly has been that for me throughout. Uh, we met in junior college. I, you know, went to uh, play baseball at Perk on a baseball scholarship, and uh, I thought I would play baseball the rest of my life. I didn't have any idea about, you know, a real career. And um, Kelly and I met and started dating, and eventually, you know, both graduated at USM and got married and started a family. Um, but she's always been there, still is, and uh, you know, we just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. Uh, so we're we're. Uh, and empty nesters, I, you know, we, we, our oldest child is in uh, Madison, is in Birmingham in a successful career uh, in um, kind of accounting and some other wealth management services. Uh, our middle child, Carson, uh, also, you know, Madison and Carson both graduated at Gutport High. Uh, Carson's in marketing and business and pre-law at Mississippi State and just a... Uh, wonderful person, uh, really relational, but also serious about her career and what her future looks like. Uh, and then Landon, our, our youngest, you know, when I took the job at MDA, MDA we kind of had to pull our roots up and, and move to Jackson area. And uh, Landon was impacted the greatest by it, frankly. You know, he he was, you know, well integrated at Gulfport High and friends and culture and sports. And uh, we picked him up and uh, moved him to a uh, ultimately went to a private school at Jackson Prep, and uh, he, without any help from me at all, because, you know, I was just feeling my way around, too, in, in some regards, uh, he, you know, really thrived and uh, ultimately uh, accepted, uh, got accepted to Stanford. And so he, uh, we just dropped him off in Palo Alto about a month ago. Where he's starting his uh, college careers uh, in public policy. That, that is that is awesome. Congratulations, incidentally. Hey, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with the president and CEO of the Business Council, Jamie Miller. We'll see you after this.
Survivor on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We're spending time getting to know better Jamie Miller, who's the new president and CEO of the Business Council. And before we went to break, talked about his wife and him celebrating the 25th wedding anniversary, uh, Kelly, his wife. Uh, I'm sure you guys are probably just delighted to be back home again. Uh, you uh, you kind of took us through your three kids and how much success they've had. Your son Landon is uh, has been accepted in the Stanford out in Palo Alto, and uh, you know it's, it's, I have a son. I had a son like that too. That was he now lives in New York City working for Price Waterhouse. He was going to be our traveling child, our our kind of world child, worldly child. But I spent a lot of time in Palo Alto. Incidentally, uh, Knight Ritter was. His home office was in was out in California in the Silicon Valley in San Jose, and um, and so we you know, during those early days of Knight Ritter when they when they moved from Miami to to San Jose, we in our leadership development programs and in our work strategically we spent a lot of time with a lot of these companies uh, that that are either you know them well today or some of them you don't know. One of them was Elon Musk, for a matter of fact. In the early days of PayPal and some of the other efforts that he was involved in, but but it's a great great opportunity to just see the world in a different way and gain perspective. And Stanford's a terrific school, incidentally, as you well know. So um, it will be interesting to see where he goes from here. Yeah, I, well, we're anxious to get him home for Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, boys don't uh, communicate at the same rate as girls do, and so. Uh, our, our daughters, you know, we communicated with them a lot. Of course, they were in states. We see them a lot while they were at school. But uh, Landon is, uh, you know, we talk to him maybe once a week, FaceTime, and he seems to be acclimating well, but we're anxious to uh, get him back and hear some of the stories. Um, hey, look, he, from my experience, Ann and I will tell you that it doesn't mean he doesn't love you. He loves, loves you completely, <laughs> but that he's focused in developing his new world and Man, the world is his oyster, and it'd be interesting to see where he goes with it. But anyway, congratulations on your kids doing so well, and I'm glad that you're you're making it back home again. But you know what? To be raised on the coast and then to have this opportunity to lead the business council, when you see all these points in between, it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing how fast time flies. But that's got it. it. When you talk about this being home for you, it makes a big difference, doesn't it? It does. And I, you know, I I think coming home this time, you know, I spent a little time in D.C., although I was commuting, family was still here in Gulfport. But, uh, you know, leaving five years ago, I I was not sure. In fact, I didn't think I would ever come back to the coast. I just thought my career would stay in Jackson or or maybe lead somewhere else. And so uh, there was a lot of thought and kind of contemplation about coming back home. We were excited about it, but at the same time, you know, trying to you know, do you plug in in the same ways that you left? Do you, do you, you know, you've got this kind of new knowledge and new thoughts about the world in a sense. Uh, and so it, it, it's not been automatic uh, just to kind of get back and plug in. But in, in different ways, it's been exciting to, to kind of realize things we maybe we took for granted when we were away from the coast. So we're we're actually looking forward to some things maybe we, we didn't participate in or didn't do when we left. So, it's, Jamie, uh, it's interesting. I, again, 
I knew you. We worked together both after the oil spill and after Katrina. But the show gives me a chance to dive even deeper. Mm-hmm. And uh, to, to see that you started your career as a coastal ecologist, I just think that was interesting, given where your career would ultimately take you to be yeah. the head of the BMR. But th- that having that that experience, is that's actually quite important when you think about, about the natural resources that make up coastal Mississippi and why that's important, why we have to be focused on that. Um, how do you think about that? You know, you know, as you age, I'll be 50 in January, so I, I'm not an old man, but I'm an older man. Um, you know, when I was 26, when I started that job, I was very eager. Uh, it was a great first job for me. It got me into every county and every bayou and every, you know, mostly subdivisions across the coast. And uh, it gives you it gave me a real good sense of just how important the research resources were. I mean, you know, it's. As you know, you're an avid fisherman and you understand all, you know, everything we have kind of starts in the marsh with the nursery for shrimp, crab, speckled trout, all those things. And that was kind of the foundation that started kind of my beliefs and kind of how I framed the coast. And then moving from there to a city, I got hired the city of Pascagoula to do some, you know, urban planning of sorts and what was hazard mitigation at the time, kind of this resiliency and post-storm uh, was kind of another layer of a different kind of uh, way of thinking about development and, and the integration of like development with the landscape. And, uh, you know, looking back, it, it it has added a lot of value to the way I think for sure. But um, but at the time, you know, you, you don't you don't see that at the time you're doing it. Um, and then moving, you know, from from course post storm uh you know the the knowledge that i had gained kind of locally and and just about the environment and hazard mitigation and storm resiliency uh served me well as you know i got offered to to come on with with the uh, recovery office after the storm and then going to dc uh i don't mean to jump ahead on you too far but but going to dc post oil spill uh you know i had walked on those beaches on the islands and Horn Island and Ship and Cat and I'd been in the bayous and the marsh and I knew I knew the impact that that oil the potential oil and just the perception of that was was having on the coast. It, it really it gave me that extra fire, I guess, to to really try to help if I could. Um, and then coming back uh, to lead the agency after I had served kind of as an entry level biologist. It, I think it gave me a better perspective to the biologists that work there, the work they do, uh, and trying to integrate, you know, permitting uh, into growing an economy at the same time. You know, the people always say it's a balance, and it is. Um, but I learned how much the coast people love the environment. You know, uh, they're willing to to they're willing to uh, see the economy grow. They're willing to see development, but not at the cost of uh, giving up the other things they love, like the environment, the fishery, uh, seafood, uh, the islands. I mean, the, the, just the view that we get to enjoy. So all those things have shaped the way I, you know, think about the coast. Um, and then in this role, I hopefully, you know, my time at MDA and kind of purely focused on economic development, uh, hopefully those things will will kind of come together in a way that's um, that's positive, uh, and that you know we 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 consider you know the outcomes that we want for the communities and 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 for everybody. Well, you know it's interesting. I, I see so clearly 
that your your background is really well suited for this position because as as we learned after Hurricane Katrina and the work that we did after Hurricane Katrina, um, it takes it takes so many levels of leadership, both private and public sector, at every level of government from here to Washington, to to make something like a recovery effort like we were engaged in go well, and so many intricate financial and grant you know, tools that that can be utilized in unique and innovative ways. I mean, it takes all that. You know you. When we worked together in Alabama, for example, we had over a thousand people involved in that effort. And um, you, you see that you've got to have stakeholder involvement. You've got to have every possible leader that you can get involved. Involved. The more, the merrier. The more different points of view, the better. Because then you—that's democracy. That's the way it works. You want people to have their point of view. And that what will shake out of all those efforts, all those combined efforts will be a better community, more aligned community around the goals and the opportunities and all of that. Um, I, I would say that your more, re, more recent time at MDA, as I sort of dove into the work that you were doing at MDA, I mean, the, the opportunity to get to know the state port of Gulfport better, you know, the opportunity to, to be engaged in the, the intricate detail involved in multi-year economic development plans, uh, man, that had to have been... And, and and then the political dimension to all that. I mean, both both your time in Washington, working with Stephen, or or the work that you did here, working with the governor and his staff here at, at MDA in Mississippi. But it's uh, it's intricate, isn't it, buddy? I mean, it, it's, when you see a multi-billion-dollar project being announced in places like the Golden Triangle, those didn't happen overnight. That took enormous amount of alignment and sophisticated financial tools and. A, a willing, a willing potential client that would that would that would spend that kind of money. Um, the the sum total of all that has been just tremendous to get, hasn't it? In terms of experience. Yeah, and it's the experience I you know I really was hoping to get when I left the position of DMR. I I just uh, I just felt compelled to get involved uh, at the state level and get engaged with international companies, national companies, and and trying to recruit and. Uh, market Mississippi and um, and it's extremely competitive as you know I mean it's uh, you know it's not just Alabama Texas Florida Georgia I mean in, in many cases you're competing with other parts of the world uh, you've got some of the most uh, sophisticated companies CEOs CFOs that are uh, hiring site consultants to make decisions about where to place their next you know billion dollar investment uh, so it you know, we always say, and it's cliche, but it's true. It's it's a team sport. Economic development's a team sport. Uh, the locals play a huge role in it. The state plays a role in it. Uh, many times, you know, the federal delegation can play roles in it. Um, but to be be in those rooms, to hear the discussions, to look at uh, how the financial side, the finances, uh, trying to come together with a return on investment, and then once you make the business case for it, now you've got to go sell it to the legislature, and that's that's kind of a whole other animal to try to go tackle. Well, that's This is Jamie. This is Jamie Miller, who's the new CEO, president and CEO of the Business Council. When we come back on the other side, we'll actually talk about that. We'll see you after we after this break.
subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We're visiting with my old friend, Jamie Miller. We've known each other from, you know, after I got to know him after Katrina when he worked with the governor's office on recovery and a uh, lot, lot there. And we were just we were just kind of talking about how the sum total of all these experiences, and specifically when we went to break, we were talking about what it takes to make a major economic development project work and the amount of buy-in that's requir- required, the number of stakeholders that are involved in it. It's a, it's a, it's a big job. Um, you know, Jamie, one of the things, I had uh, Joe Spragans on recently, who's the current director, as you well know, at the, at the uh, BMR, Bureau of Marine Resources. And he said he came into that job to, to do it for a year or something like that. And now, I think seven or nine years later, he's still in the job. <laughs> he's done a terrific job. I, I really enjoy spending time with, with Joe. I describe him, incidentally, as someone who's reinvented himself a hundred times. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he could have rode off into the sunset so many, so many years ago, but he just loves what he's doing. But I tell you, when I speak to him, it's easy to forget, actually, that the, the the moment that you came into that organization as the executive director and where it was and the the complications of it because there were you know charges had just been uh, levied you've got you've got an organization where there was a lack of confidence you had the the need to sort of bring some some clarity and some I, I would say common sense but more just leadership to help calm things down both externally and internally. Going into a situation like that, again, it's kind of like the the business council in terms of like lots of stakeholders, but unlike the business council, which is not, it's a really well oiled machine today, and the opportunity to kind of move it forward. And your the case of the BMR, it wasn't a well oiled machine, so the opportunity to come in and do crisis management, that was a really important time in your development, wasn't it? It was. There's no question. I, I was. Uh, I felt up to the task. I was motivated to to try to uh, get engaged and um, and right the ship. But I'll be honest with you. Um, I was not prepared for what what you know I found when I got there. Uh, and partly, you know, I, I guess it's okay to tell the story now. It's most of this is past, but. Uh, you know, my first week, I got a call from the auditor's office and the investigators. They invited me to Jackson to kind of give me a better sense of, you know, what they were seeing in terms of this web of p- potential corruption at the time. And uh, and they un- un- unrolled a, what looked like a scroll uh, with people's faces on it and kind of that old timey lines to faces and accounts and different things. And uh, they basically said, look, these are the people that you you can't trust, uh, that we think may be involved. Uh, you can't fire them yet either because we're currently, you know, investigating. Uh, and there were there were faces on that scroll that that I was having to go to work with each day that I knew potentially could be a part of, you know, uh, some of the bad actors. And so. Uh, one, it was trying to get the employees motivated. There was a lot of apathy in the agency. Um, some that had been there a while, but just kind of been forgotten. Others, 
that potentially had gotten complacent um, in some ways. And so it, it really challenged me professionally in a way that I had not imagined um, uh, communicating. And you're right, it was crisis management. Uh, communicate. The Sun-Herald was extremely, uh, you know, every day was writing an article or, or producing public documents. And uh, there was kind of a void of the conversation. It was just kind of one-sided. And um, it, it took us, you know, months really to kind of get our arms around it. <clears throat> Uh, and it was multifaceted. It was kind of external affairs, communicating with that audience. It was internally communicating with employees. Uh, and then it was participating and cooperating with a, you know ongoing civil and criminal investigation. So uh, it certainly sharpened me in ways I had not anticipated. Um, and when I got to the, not, not to the end, but after five years and started to think about what could be next, um, I, I felt really good about the shape we had left it in. I had, you know, talked about Joe Spragans, General Spragans at some point, you know, I invited, well, we had a conversation and he said, look, I'll come help you. I know you got your hands full. And I said, um, I said, well, let me think about it. And um, you know, about a week or a month later, I called him and said, hey, are you still interested in coming to work for a year? I think I could really use your help. Uh, and he did. He jumped right in and was just a tremendous help to me just to, to help kind of handle some of the things. He had course experience and was a general and post Katrina and all, all the different background that he had. And uh, he was a mentor to me in, in many cases with situations. And uh, I felt good about leaving it you know, with him. Not that I left it with him, but I was glad that he was put in charge. No, he's he's done such a great job. And as you pointed out, I've, I've, I remember we, we were involved in a Gulfport Chamber Committee effort back in the 1990s. I mean, it's, Joe's just been around, you know, you know, swinging, swinging hard in the community to build a better community for an awful long time. And his work, of course, after Hurricane Katrina, was incredibly important. I said the BMR, so let me, you know, when I said it, I thought that's that's the old name. It's I didn't department. correct you. I, I knew, yeah. I, you know, that yeah, the look, Department they, of Marine Resources yeah. is, is really the. I, I like to like to keep it keep it straight. So I needed to get that name straight for the people who are there. You know, I know I know what the proper name is. Uh, but you you know it's right. I, I've been in I've been in situations like that, Jamie. You follow my career where I've had to manage significant change efforts, and when when there are you know a lot of folks against you. You know when you're in a situation like that. Again, a lot of different stakeholders. People at varying degrees of understanding about what you were dealing with. There are a lot of lonely nights when you go through a situation like that as a leader where you're saying, okay, man, this is tough. This is really tough. But it's within those moments, those tough moments as a leader that you really understand what leadership really is all about. You know, can can your can you vote your conviction on where you want to take the organization. Can you really do that? And then that means, if, if you can then, that means you're going to stand up in front of God and the world and all these stakeholders, and you're going to you're going to put a stake in the dirt and say, I believe this is where we need to go. Because that confidence you project in that uncertain moment, in that moment, in your case, a crisis moment, with, with people inside that organization, people who were depending on that organization, people who needed that organization to do its duty, in the community, they needed to know that someone was someone with confidence was was in charge. They were going to be cool headed. I used to say, when the going gets tough, the tough get cool, not hyper, but cool. You get the the more difficult it is, the calmer you got to get. 
And um, you know, you, you've uh, you've wa- you've watched me in a couple of scenarios where I've had you know the world to to sort of stand up against or with, and and you learn a lot about yourself as a leader in that situation. It makes you stronger. There's no there is no way around it. You came out of that a better, stronger leader, didn't you? Yeah, there's no question. I feel like I did. Um, and you're right. There's some days you you're you're kind of standing what feels like alone. Um, although I had tremendous support from the community, I, I can remember some of the folks, that, the business council members at the time, that uh, was very, were very supportive. And I think another thing I learned was, um, you know, sometimes as adamant and uh, compelled as you feel about an issue. Maybe you get it wrong. Maybe it, it, you got to be willing to always kind of reflect back on the reason. Why do I believe what I believe? Do I have the right information? You know, who, who's involved? Uh, and don't be afraid to, you know, from time to time say, you know what, I got this wrong. I, you know, I apologize or I was doing what I thought was best at the time of the information. And I've had to do that. Yeah. Time. Hey, hey, another another thing, you know, when the going gets tough, the tough listen. <laughs> yeah. You learn to listen more. You learn to you want to get different points of view so you can say, okay, I didn't think of it that way. That mm-hmm. just all these different dimensions, particularly when you're in a crisis scenario, you want smart people with you bringing yeah. their perspective and there is no doubt at the end of the day that having that approach where you're listening and you're trying to adjust to uh, the best possible decision that your decisions ultimately are better, and sometimes the decisions you make, as you pointed out, are completely different than what you chose, what you expected to do going in, because yeah. you're willing to sort of open your mind and and let others have impact on your thinking, and uh, and and that's when you learn the value of team. That's when you really get who who how important it is to have smart people with their own point of views sitting next to you and making you a better person that you, you can't do it alone. Can you? Well, you can't. I mean, I, you know, different people in my career had brought out different personalities that I have different thoughts, challenged me in ways that I had, I've been around the same two or three people in my career. I probably would think the same way I did 20 years ago. And so, uh, you know, the cult, I hate to get off into a culture conversation, but I think I think that's partly what's going on in our culture. We, we've kind of went to our corner and now we're not listening or hearing from the people that maybe we don't agree with. Uh, and nobody has everything. Uh, no, nobody has a, a monopoly on good thoughts. I mean, you know, it, it really does take more than a few people to, to, to work to get to solutions. Well, you're, you're so right about that, the polarizing world that we live in today. And I talk about it all the time on this show. I wish we would all listen more and care a little bit more about each other. That we would be more willing to listen, and uh, and we'd be better for it. That is for sure. We 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 short circuit all that too often these days, and that's really unfortunate. That's really unfortunate. Hey, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with the new president and CEO of the Business Council, Jamie Miller. See you after this. Also, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a conversation with my friend Jamie Miller, the new president and CEO of the Business Council. And you learn something new every day. Like, for example, I didn't know that you were engaged in the early days in Pascagoula around, 
you know, community building and whatever. I, I think if there's a if there's a theme that comes from Kosu is that there's this incredible awareness about what it means to build a better community and and really preserve the sense of place that makes coastal Mississippi so amazing because each community has its own unique sense of place. They all come together to create this really diverse place called coastal Mississippi. But you look at the work of the city of, of Pascagoula working with Paige Roberts from the chamber and others to do so much in revitalization downtown with mixed use, you know, becoming part of the conversation, something that Andreas Duani and others really pushed us to think about. You look at you know the work that's happening in the city of Moss Point with Mayor Knight, and it's just exciting. You got one of the largest mixed use uh, uh, projects in downtown Gulfport at the corner of 90 and 49 or 25th Avenue that could that looks like it's going to happen and be just revolutionary. What's going on in downtown Pascagoula? Obviously, not to mention Bay St. Louis and Ocean Spring. It's just awesome. It's awesome to see all this revitalization and community focus. And since you spent time in Pascagoula, understanding. You know, the nuts and bolts of success in that are in the are in the city codes. It's in the, the 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 policies that drive the opportunity to do those kind of things. It's exciting to see that's in your background as well. Um, if we switch gears and think about going forward as as a as a new sort of day to day leader of the business council, uh, what you, do you have a like a, a vision or a thought about what you hope the business council will accomplish under your leadership? Yeah, I've, I've been thinking about that since the announcement. It, there was a public announcement in August about me being the incoming president, and um, and and I have uh, I, I don't know that I've I've sharpened it enough to to know exactly where we're going to end up, except to say um, I, I see the council is is like other organizations in the state uh, that have tremendous success, like in the Tupelo area or. Golden Triangle, um, all all that success really is generated by local kind of organic, compelled business leaders and community leaders um, that have aligned under some common goals and common themes uh, to to make their part of the state better. Uh, and I think that exists here with the business council. And what I hope is. Um, it, it's a wide net. I, you know, sometimes it feels daunting because I, I think about the Economic Development Foundation uh, folks in Jackson County, Harrison County, Hancock, and then you have the uh, municipal, the you know, the county leaders, elected leaders, uh, and then you've got uh, the CEOs, which kind of uh, are a big part of how we're going to drive our agenda. Uh, the coast, the delegation, the House and Senate, but. One thing that has stuck out to me, and I'm not sure how it will fit in the future, but I, I, I just remember so much after Katrina, uh, the nonprofits and the volunteers and the capacity that got built within that, uh, how much they did to accomplish things. And I know that's not at the center of the business council, but I'm really reaching. I'm really looking for, uh, hoping that you know there's a, there's a lot of nonprofits that are. Now they're doing great work that we can continue to support in a, in a, in a sense. Um, but I, I, I want everybody under the tent. I know that sounds impossible and maybe it will be, but I tell you the first six months, I'm going to call everybody uh, that I know to call. I'm going to invite them to every meeting. I'm going to sit down and listen. Uh, I, I don't want to get ahead of anybody. I know I've, uh, I, I don't want to assume I know the issues better than they do. Uh, I want to hear from them, but at some point we're going to have to to come under some alignment about what what we want the coast to look like in ten and twenty years, 
Uh, and we've got to go sell that outside of the coast. I mean, we've, we've got to kind of get our our plan together of sorts, my vision, the council's vision. Uh, but it will be it will be a collaboration of, of you know, from, you know, Alabama state line to the to Louisiana state line. Um, and, and we've got to go have create some influence or greater influence in Jackson to, to get some of those things done. So that's kind of where my head is right now. Of course, you know, um, I need to have a lot of conversations with people, and I and I hope to do that. If I, you know, I invite others to reach out to me too along the way. I, you know, I, I've, I've been here on the job for not quite a week, and uh, mostly a lot of support. I've had a few people call and say, "Hey, here's here's what I think you ought to do first. And uh, so it's good. It's good that people are engaged. I hope we can raise the level of engagement and the profile, and uh, ultimately for a better South Mississippi and a better Mississippi. I think I think it's a smart answer. Um, you know, don't presume. You know, just because there might have been a plan from the business council, there might have been conversations at the business council. You have a general idea of where the opportunities are. I mean, that the opportunities are in focusing on the new economy. The focus, you know, the the opportunities are in helping business and industry in coastal Mississippi expand and and to continue to be innovative. I mean, when you've got bookends like Ingalls and Chevron on one side, and all the businesses that that surround them. With uh, with Stennis Space Center on the other, and all this incredible uh, hospitality and gaming and all that in between, and we happen to be a coastal community and all that goes with that—the most beautiful sunsets and sunrises in the world here. When you have that, you have something to work with, and you have an engaged, an incredibly engaged business community that helps. But as I mentioned a few minutes ago, you also have a lot of small towns that that come together to create this economic engine for the rest of the state we call coastal Mississippi. And with those small communities come different ideas and different priorities and different whatever. And I think the key to success for you, and it was certainly the success for me as the publisher of the Sun-Herald is, uh, appreciate the diversity that exists there, work hard to find the common issues, create a vision going forward that we can all buy into and everyone's gonna be more successful. We're out of time, Jamie. It's been a pleasure to spend time with you, my friend. Hey, thanks for hosting me. I look forward to doing this again. And uh, g- give me a, a little time to get my feet settled. And uh, I look forward to, to, to catching up again. We'll come back. This is the Ricky. This is uh, uh, Jamie Miller, the CEO and president of the Business Council. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.